You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Today it is part two of my conversation with Peter Pratt. He is the host of Locked On Marlins. We talk about really the position of the Marlins and the Nationals right now in the National League East and kind of where we think this thing goes this season for both of those teams. And Peter asked me some questions uh, about the Nationals. He really got to dive in and talk all Marlins in the first part, and we're going to do some Marlins and Nationals here in part two of this crossover. So hope you guys enjoy our conversation. And that's why, you know, I didn't mean it to me, but saying stellar dwellers, but like the same, it's the same thing for the Nationals are dealing with right now. Okay, like you could, you bring in Nelson Cruz. Awesome. Love it. Great. It's going to be fun. Good lineup. But like, who the hell is going to pitch to everybody else's team? And for you all, it's all right. Well, how are we going to put up, you know, in a game where you need eight or nine runs to win because Castellanos and Schwarber and Harper and Real Muto are all clicking? Same thing mm-hmm. we said with the Nets or same thing we said with the Nats. Like, who are going to put the runs up? And I think the lineup's interesting. I, I just don't know if it's on par. That's why I think the Nats and Marlins are are going to have some fun moments, but it's going to be ultimately, you know, don't not to use the pun, but floundering, I guess you could say. Mm. I, I I could, to be honest with you, I think that's a really fair assessment that we're going to have fun. There's going to be some fun little periods. We're going to enjoy it at times, but the most likely outcome is for both the Nats and the Marlins is uh, a below 500 season of which uh, we have long periods of struggle perhaps. And um, <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the big three, let's say maybe, kick on I, I'm re- I mean just in terms of the division itself I'm very intrigued to see what the Phillies do I'm I'm not convinced uh about the Phillies in general never uh, the Phillies, yeah no never convinced about them no, the Mets, though no. I think the, the Mets the Mets usually Mets it up they find a way but what I would say is you know drop a Max Scherzer in there I don't know Max Scherzer is a different type of animal and you know I, I think that I start the side that way. The the Braves will be hung over. They clear you know, Ronnie Acuna will be back, but the hangover is real. Freddie Freeman gone. I could see them starting slow, let's put it that way. And maybe mm. not, you know, not being in it all the way like they have been. It's it's a really intriguing division though. The Marlins, though, they desperately need to start fast. Yeah. Too many seasons we've come out the gate slow and they need to start fast they do they have to just get into it get into it quick the bullpen is a huge concern right now it's one area they've done next to nothing in it was a you know one of those where you look at the numbers and you go oh over the season yeah the marlins had a you know a a top 10 bullpen but you realize that they only had that because they were having bullpen games you know two out of every five stars <laughs> tons of guy you know the numbers look okay but when you look at the seventh eighth ninth inning in a leverage spot the bullpen was like the last in the league it was terrible absolutely terrible and so we need some leverage help we need some guys back well, there that know what they're doing i will say this the, the problem the problem with this and this is you know i never know how to handle bullpens i i think i think a lot of a lot of front offices will tell you they don't know how to handle the bullpen because no. what you see happen is the number of deals where it's Brad Hand for 10 million dollars and the Nationals 
traded Brad. The Nationals could have had Brad Hand at the end of the season last year. Like if they wanted to sign Brad Hand back for a second time that year for you know much less than ten million than originally signed him for, they could have. Yep. And and that's why it's these you know the contracts they don't necessarily hurt, right? They're short term contracts. Let's take Will Harris. The Nationals have that was three years and he's barely pitched, but th- they burn you because it's you know it's such a bullpen pitching is one of these really weird weird things in all of sports where a a change for a guy right he changes cities or innings or flips something in the, you know his mechanics and it's just like he had a he's he's an all-star right and goes somewhere else and he blew, he blew four saves in a row i think like i think edwin diaz is like this perfect version of like there's been some really high highs and there have been some really mm-hmm. low lows as this incredibly well-paid closer and so for the marlins and i think the nationals too for teams that are very um choosy about how they spend their money two years 20 million for a top-end reliever is not always a great you know or you know whatever two years 16 million it's not always the direction you want to go but at some point if it sucks it sucks and you got to do something to fix it so trying to find the mix between, all right, let's we'll just get a random dude who was waved by somebody to see if he can give us the seventh inning. Turn, you know, Kyle Finnegan's a great example of that for the Nationals. Like, it just worked yeah. out. The guy can pitch the seven. You kind of trust him to do it on a middling team like the Nationals are right now. It's just the bullpen to me is always this, it's this fascinating, ever-changing thing. And that's why even the year the Nationals won, Peter, they used Patrick Corbin as like their first reliever because they couldn't figure out the bullpen thing. And so it's like, we trust Corbin the most. We'll send Corbin out in the seventh, right? And then we'll, you know, we'll you hope go. we can just get it to Daniel Hudson in the, in, in the ninth. Uh, that's, it's just such a conundrum all the time. Completely with you. The Marlins approach seemingly has been that kind of just random dude, see what you can do, piece it together. You know, Brandon Kinsler, I think in 2020, mm. I think he led, he led the league in saves for the Marlins. So, you know, Kinsler did a job, but, you know, he's, uh, they, they come around to arbitration, I think with him and they tried to no, actually, no, it was, there was some sort of, I don't know, some sort of contract snafu around there. They tried Kinsler, to lowball him. Brandon Kinsler, former national. There you go. And Kinsler yeah. did a great, and listen, um, I was on the Marlins media coverage all via Zoom that year. And Kinsler was amazing with the media too. Top guy, mm. a lot of fun. Veteran. And he delivered like, he really, really did. Top, top dude. The Marlins, though, next year you think, great, Kinsler led the league in saves. Let's roll. Nope. We're going to try and save 200 grand, get him on the cheap. Nope, that's okay. I'm going to go to the Phillies instead. And, you know, lo and behold, the Marlins go and get Anthony Bass. So Anthony Bass, the big 2021 acquisition, I mean, big. Uh, you know, <laughs> in Marlins world, I know, $3 million a year. Um, so Bassman comes in. Doesn't get one save. All he was healthy all year. Not one save for Anthony Bass. So you know that kind of sums it up. Um, next thing is you got Anthony Bender in the bullpen, mm. who was playing an independent ball the year before for the Milwaukee Milkmen or something. Next thing is he's closing games for the Marlins. Like to your point, bullpens it's so volatile there. Yeah. You don't want to. The Marlins can't afford a you know two three years forty million for dudes. They just can't. It's just not value for them. They need to mix and match. I do think they do need, you know, they do need some help there. It wouldn't shock me if they go and get Kimbrel. To be honest, I feel like Kimbrel is expendable there from the White Sox. One year deal, like ten million or fifteen oh, or whatever him. he's on. Yeah, you can trade him if he does well. I think so. I think that would make a bit of sense for the Marlins because they slept through the free agency and now it's gone bang, bang, bang. All the good free agents are gone now. So 
they're going to have to think of something else because Dylan Floro, who closed a lot of games last year too, he's now hurt and behind. So they need to do something in that space quick. Otherwise, yeah, the uh, the bullpen may not matter for 22. All right, one more quick word from our sponsors, and I'll let you ask me a question after this. But first, let you guys know that Bill Bar is the ultimate protein bar. They've got mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You go to built.com today. That's built.com, promo code LOCK15. L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCK15. Have they sent you any built Bars yet, Peter? Have you been able to try them? Firstly, I've got to say your ads, your ad deliveries are, are absolutely perfect. So, you. Um, you know, nice, nice work on those. Thank I haven't you. had any built bars. They, they don't, they don't ship them to the UK. So I'm, oh, no. you know, I'm, I'm, they're, they're teasing me. I've been, I've been teased about these puffs for months. So, uh, so you know, I will say this, like some of the ad stuff that, that people do when you hear on the radio, whatever, like, it's like, I wear these underwear. It's like, I actually have had the built bar. I, it's, it's this great hybrid between you can eat it for dessert. Or also you could have it after a workout and you're like, I don't feel awful about myself. I, I don't feel bad. The puffs too. Heavenly. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely heavenly. Love it. Um, you guys go to built.com, promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCK15 for 15% off today at built.com. Quick word from our sponsors here today on the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Now, if you guys have not heard it is time to open those ears. Uh, I started taking Athletic Greens because I'd heard about it helps gut health. My gut wasn't feeling great. Began taking them, and I felt better each day working out. Uh, I felt like I had a little bit more energy. I feel like you get a little bit more in the tank in terms of your immune system. Uh, and it's no pills. You're just taking powder. You're going to put it in the water, mix it up. It tastes good. You're good to go. It's lifestyle-friendly with keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no non-chemicals you know, uh, t- chemicals that have taste in them either. It supports better sleep, recovery, mental clarity, and alertness as well. And the price, it's very affordable, and we have a deal for you all right now. It's time to reclaim your health. Let Athletic Greens Help you do it today. Special deal to make it easy. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs of Athletic Greens with your first purchase. All you have to do is head to athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, so I will ask you now, is there are there any questions that your uh, listeners would like answered about the Nationals, who I believe will be spending some time together, probably maybe tangling, weaving in and out between the fourth and the fifth spots at the bottom of the division once the season really gets going. Well, I, for me, I'm, I'm intrigued to see the way this pans out for the Nats in terms of some big, big time trades at the deadline. The Trey Turner deal um, you know, was a big, big time deal. How are you feeling about that now? The dust has settled. I believe you know. Obviously, got Capert Ruiz likely to be starting a catcher. I guess mm-hmm. um, the majority of the season. Um, Josiah Gray came in a couple of starts as well. So, you know, I think those two are the headliners. How are you feeling about obviously moving on Trey? He had a year to run on his deal, so you know that's the first question. But equally, in terms of what you got back, how are you feeling about it? I think the Nationals could have gotten Gray and Ruiz for Max Scherzer. I think they could have gotten mm-hmm. that. 
I think Max is that valuable. I think the fact that Max just got the deal that he got, like, I think you should trade him as a piece of like, you got him for a few years. I know, I know he left the Dodgers immediately, but like you get to re-sign a guy who is a horse, who is a winner, every accolade you could want. I mean, this guy did sign the best free agent contract in history, right? Like there are in many ways, the deal for Max Scherzer was an underpay. Uh, And he could have not even pitched like the last year and two years and it would have been worth it. So um, I think that that could have happened. I don't know if they had to give up Trey to get the return that they got. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Um, Mm. Because I think the world of Trey Turner, I think he's an excellent player. The Dodgers looks like are not going to re-sign him, I think, after this year. Um, not too big of a loss, I think, for them, just because they've got so much in the farm system, and they, I think, they're gonna, they'll be okay. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see what he does next. I actually think Atlanta might be an interesting. Piece. I know a lot, a lot, seen a lot of Atlanta, mm-hmm. Atlanta people clamoring for Trey. So his future, I'm interested to see if he makes a return mm-hmm. back to the East Coast. He's an East Coast guy, played at NC State, um, and I, I'm great where he's from, but I think he is from around here. So th- that 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 thing is interesting. But yeah, the new era is gonna be is is everything everything everybody's talking about. The, the question I think is a lot of these dudes they picked up in the John Lester trade, which I, the fact that somebody traded for John Lester last year was appalling to me. Um, you know, they, <laughs> they, you know, they traded um, uh, totally blanking on uh, Josh Harrison and Jan Gomes and got some guys back in that they traded Brad Hand for Riley Adams, who looks like he might be their backup catcher and also play a little bit first base behind Josh Bell and had a really awesome year just 25 years old. Lane Thomas was awesome last season in the limited amount of time. He'll get left field. Left field is his. And he was a guy they got in a tra- sucked for the Cardinals, change of scenery guy, 100%, comes the Nationals and is their leadoff hitter and a really effective leadoff hitter. My, as the Nationals now build towards a future and try to re-sign Juan Soto, the big question to them is, which of these guys you acquired last year who are now with the Nationals are guys that are part of this future who can be a part of selling something. And then where do they have to address the needs moving forward? So this is kind of the year where, you know, you, you you take a pile of sand and you open up your fingers and you see which rocks kind of stay in your hand and which sand falls through to give you a a, kind of a metaphor right there. Great metaphor that. Yeah. Great metaphor. What's the, the, so the question I'm not clear on um, and, coming from a team that's been rebuilding maybe since 2003, but for certain since Derek Jeter and Bruce Sherman came in, is this a full-blown rebuild? What's the timeline looking like? So when when are you, as the Nats fans, thinking we're going to be back pushing for this division again? Well, this is the question for them is, okay, does Steven Strasburg get healthy, right? They, they've got to put together an actual rotation. Um, what happened, they, they blew, so like the Marlins – their bullpen accounted for 40 plus losses last year, um, which was, which was the most, the most in the majors. Um, and that, you know, you just can't win game. Like that's just not going to happen for you. And, and the, but that was, that was started because the starters weren't doing enough. Right. So you, you know, your starters don't do it well enough. You put pressure on the pen, you use more guys, more guys are in spots. They're not used to, you don't have, you know, you trade away some of your better arms. And then what are you left with a bunch of, you know, guys who are, Middle guys trying to prove themselves, whatever. Um, that's where you have to, uh, you know, address that. The, for them, this it feels like it's not a full on rebuild because they're signing guys like Nelson Cruz, right? That's kind of a, an interesting move to do to sign a guy who you know is a really good hitter and is going to help your lineup and make it. Like Nelson Cruz is going to help them win games this year. 
hundred percent. Um, for sure. Him paired up with Juan Soto and Josh Bell is going to help you win baseball games. It's just going to happen. The, the, the big question is, all right, what do things look like during the trade deadline and how many of these assets do you flip into more assets, right? What, what, what ultimately does this rebuild look like? And uh, how do you buy, balance the finances of having Strasburg and Corbin left on for a few more years and Strasburg a lot more with a lot of money? Um, how, how soon can you get, you know, can you keep one side open going to free agency? And is the best way to do that by acquiring more guys, you know, keeping Nelson Cruz's on the team or flipping a Nelson Cruz who hits, you know, 275 and hitting 25 home runs, whatever on pace it 30, 40 home runs. Do you trade him somewhere else and get a good haul? It's all about how they manage that now. Um, so I look for them to be active, active this year, just kind of assessing all of their options. This is not, this is not a five-year plan. I don't think they want to be more competitive faster than that. And I think, the, I think the race yeah. in the hole is that we've got the best hitter in baseball, who I believe right now is the best hitter in baseball. That makes things a little bit easier on you. It does. So tell me this then. The main, clearly, the main storyline with the Nats right now is: are they gonna are they gonna re-sign and extend Juan Soto, and they're gonna pay half a billion dollars to do that? I don't think it's a half billion. I don't think it reaches that high. I actually don't think it does. I think it's somewhere in the four forty to four seventy range. I think it ends. I think that's where it goes. Max Scherzer right now in terms of AAV is what, 40, I think it's 42, right? 40, 40 somewhere in that range, 40, 40. It was over 40. Yeah, it was over 40, right? Um, so one can thank his old teammate for setting a precedent there. Now, that's for somebody who's, once again, Max is amazing for getting that much money at that age. Good on you, man. And also as a player's yeah. union rep, double good on you. We love to see that. Well done. <laughs> well done. You're just, that's you're the best. Um, I, you know, it, the, now I'm not a money guy, right? But I think with other contracts that we've seen, this guy is is 23. He's getting better. The offer they gave him first was not uh, it was not offensive to me. Some people were like, "Oh, no, this negotiation, right? This is Scott Boris. Like, he, you know, we we gotta we gotta be tactile with this." Um, I think it ends up in the 440 40 million dollar range, somewhere around there. They have to get it done. Bryce Harper left. You can't let Juan Soto leave. I, I don't know if you can let two generational players leave. You already saw one go somewhere in the division. It would be a shame if, if another one went somewhere else in the division. Um, no, they did win when Bryce, when Bryce left. So, you know, it's not all hard feelings. But, like, this guy is going to put asses in seats and put jerseys on backs. And ultimately, what's that, you know, what this is what – like, if you're a money-making entity, like, that, that's going to make you money. Now, look, I know – some owners can sit there and just make make their money, you know, you know, not pay very much. This is why we need a salary floor in baseball. But I think he's just too valuable a commodity, too great of a player. You can't let this guy walk. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Like he is 110 percent in my mind going to end up being a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, I would be shocked if he if he if he wasn't. And he's 23, 24 years old, and he's like the best. He's Crazy. like the best hitter in the league. I mean, this stretch he had last year in the second half, Peter Bonds is the only other name in terms of the on-base numbers and what he was doing. I know people say it's empty stats, whatever, doesn't matter. It, those at-bats look the same as they did in the first half when things did matter. Nothing changed. Nothing changed. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I I think the world of him, he'll get the Godfather offer. I don't think it's half a billion, though. Do you, if, what's the timeline, though? When, when would the Nats make the decision and go, okay, this isn't going to, we're struggling. 
when do they pull the plug and go, do you know what? We're going to have to move one soda. We have to trade him. When could that moment be? When's the last moment that could be? Maybe next off season? When hell freezes over, they aren't trading him. There's <laughs> no way they trade him. They, well, no well, trade I, mean, I guess I guess the one way they do is if if they decide to, they should not take the MLB path of waiting way too long to do your negotiations. We learned that from the league and the players association. Don't wait. Yep. Do as much that as you can. That doesn't work. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess the, the whole thing is if you can't get to a point where you agree, but look, I... You, you know, he might get the, the only way to give him $500 million, in my opinion, is to keep him off the market, right? You might have to, now that's, that's where I could see it get to 500 million is if you do it to, you think the only way to keep him out, off the market is $490 million, right? Scott Boris likes to take his clients to free agency. So that's, that's where I could see it. But even if he hits free agency, I still think the Nats can re-sign him. If they just don't want to take that risk, they get around 500 million. Yeah. My gut feel, my gut feel is with this one from afar, it's a Boris client. It's the best player in the league right now. He's 23, what it'd be 25, you know, a free agency year. Yeah, I, is that I, right? I he... Never even I never even track uh how old he is. Yeah, he'd be 20. So he's 20 right now at this moment. He's 23. He'll turn 24 in October. So he will be a free agent at the age of 25, basically as a 20 as the 2023 baseball season is ending. Wow. So for me, my gut feel is that they will be targeting that contract starting with a five. I just, I truly believe it that like they're going for the Pat Mahomes special, just trying to kind of really shatter a ceiling and kind of cement one soda was the best player in the game and he's paid accordingly. And I think eventually the Nats will get a deal done. And I do think they will kind of tip into that half a billion threshold is my gut feel. Cause I, mm. I just feel like Boris will be really pushing for that. And it'd be money well yeah. spent. Who cares? Not your yeah. money. I would say 10, 10 years, 450 million will allow him to, to get a decade long contract, break that record. And also if you, I mean, yeah. I guess at that point when you're 35 years old and you become a free agent, what's the, you know, you have, you have half a billion dollars. You could buy your own sports team at that point, but like he could, yeah. he could, he could ostensibly get another contract right after, after that. Yeah. After that one's over. Um, all right, Peter, I've kept you far too long. Uh, I appreciate you. Appreciate, appreciate talking with you. Plug everything. So tell us about all of your work. Where can we find it? Uh, all of its variety. Let the folks know where they can find you. Well, firstly, Josh, thanks for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. This is my first ever locked on crossover pods. So this has been fun. And my first, youtube vibe of it too so i've enjoyed it this is good i need to get my setup going Um, yes but yeah for for me guys uh if you like your marlins well of course there's a locked on nationals but there's also locked on marlins which i'm now i'm a new host to i started hosting just before the lockout so i accepted the role Mm. oh great this sounds good there was a the marlins are making moves that sounds good a lockout daily podcast that was me with this does not sound so so good that was me with covid so don't worry about it yeah there you go so we're through on that. So anyway, Locked On Marlins coming at you daily as always. If you like uh, your UK Marlins vibes, I'm also uh, hosting uh, Fish Across the Pond, which is me and a few UK buddies uh, covering the Marlins specifically. Also, I have Fantasy uh, Baseball Pod, which is called Roto Brits. Myself and uh, good friend Ryan Owen, who is uh, a very, very good fantasy player. I am not, but I bring the hosting uh, skills to it and he brings the <laughs> fantasy knowledge. And uh, I think that's probably about it. So Locked On Marlins, Fish Across the Pond, Roto Brits, tons of Peter Pratt content. Um, mainly Marlins, mainly hype. That's If you like your hype, then that's me. <laughs> and on Twitter, I'm mainly on Twitter. I don't really mess around on any other Instagrams or TikToks or nothing. 
So feel free to follow me, Miami Marlins underscore UK. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find the show at LO underscore Nationals and find it wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Peter, it was a pleasure, man. Thanks so much. Same to you, brother. All right, that will do it for part two of the show today. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show wherever you guys get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Till next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.